This is Coda Radio, episode 290, for sometime in the future, which is your present. everyone, and welcome to Coder Radio, a special holiday edition of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on, but more important than that, my name is Chris, and our host, sitting around the Festivus pole, is Mr. Michael Dominic. Hello, Mike! In the words of my Vulcan father... It's not my human heart, but my New Jersey tongue that has failed us. As we all know. I don't believe you. As has been documented. Get out of here. By our soundboard. Get the hell out of here. Let's just settle. It's in a bun with a U. <laughs> I love like it. Nice buns, hunt. I've not never. Bon, tri- like, want some bonbons, ma'am? The history of triggering you has never been stronger than with the Cinnabon, <laughs> Cinnabon thing. And it happened off recording it was on air it was live but it was not on recording so now there's going to be this cinnabon cinnabon controversy and it started off air but in on at least on the west coast we say cinnabon and now i i appreciate that it should be Cinnab- the reason i can't wait for it to sink into the ocean i'm sorry what <laughs> that's amazing i mean i appreciate that it should be cinnabon i do appreciate that because if they're like delicious tasty um, buns, you know? So I totally, I totally understand where you're coming from. It doesn't like a pair of hot buns. But when I asked for... Uh, that's too much, too soon. See, so when you look at the spelling, it is Cinnabon, though. It is Cinnabon. Do you see where the... Bun is fucked. Rikai settled it in Discord. What's that? So they sell Cinnabons with a U, but the name of the corporation is Cinnabon. And I bet you you can't trademark the word, the, ah. you know... Okay. Right, because it's just a cake. Or something. So it's not. A, I don't. It's a cake. What is it? Like a pastry? Did we just? Did we just end? Did we just end a feud? Like a good hot thirty seconds after it started? Then. Well, it's the second time we've had this argument, though. So. Yeah, but here's the thing, though: is it's technically accurate to say Cinnabon, or is, I'm going to go get some Cinnabon is actually accurate because you're getting Cinnabon's product, which is a Cinnabon. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So you're yeah, good either way. Cool. I mean, you could say that if you have no self-respect, I guess. <laughs> like, this is this is what happens when you drink coffee before the show. <laughs> this is what I get when you when you've had you've had a Bloody Mary and then you drink some coffee. This is what I get. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to have a damn holiday special or what? I mean, yeah, this is going to be a different holiday special than last year. Yeah, it is. You want to talk about Kanban? Which is what started the Cinnabon discussion in the first place. I'm not familiar with Kanban. I'm familiar with Can. Oh shit! I can't even say it now. Kanban, Kanban, can Oh my god! You ruined everything. Is it a Julie? It's a Julie, right? This is like... the best moment of the year, right here, when I I wrecked your pronunciation of something. So um, we have an anonymous email. It uh, came in by uh, John Doe, and uh, okay, we do need to we do need to decide how we're gonna. He he only. He uses the word Kanban 35 times in this email, so we do need to decide how I'm going to say it. So how do you want me to say it? And I'll just say it that way. Kanban. Kanban? Like like Kirk's con? The con. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. 
Hello, Chris and Michael. I'm a longtime listener, and I started around episode 70 or so. Please keep my identity private due to the censored nature of my projects. So John writes, uh, I'm a serious senior enterprise-level programmer here in Tampa, Florida, a.k.a. old dude. Uh, these days, I'm supposed to go by the title of software engineer, quote-unquote. I have been programming for some time, both on distributed systems and on the IBM mainframe. Currently, I'm working on <laughs> uh, a bleeding-edge, quote-unquote, project to transform payment systems. I have no interest in being a public person, so I'd like to stay anonymized. I wanted to comment on the discussion about the uh, Kanban and Agile. I have the Kanban training here at work, and my employer uh, – uh, I just I just like to call it the Kanban. I have the Kanban training here at work and at my current employer as part of our Kanban certification course. The pronunciation of the word Kanban that was used in the class – was one very much like how the Jersey pronunciation that Michael uses. One of the main. I swear to God, if you wrote this email yourself, <laughs> I did not, dude. I promise you. <laughs> I actually even know the guy's name, but I promise to not reveal it. Yeah, all right. I swear. Um, he says one of the main aspects of uh, Kanban was that uh, <laughs> one of the main aspects of Kanban was that it left out your discussion. Uh, that was left out of your discussion was queue limits. This would mean that at any period of time there can only be a finite number of projects or features being worked on. This limit number should be set ahead of time and should be hard and fast. That being said, I've never seen Kanban successfully employed in the development environment. I've also Correct. seen. Yeah. I've also seen all flavors of Agile started, but no approach was adhered to long term. Yeah. It seems that every time a given methodology is started, it is the business side, uh, the customer and financier of the project, that breaks the process. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm mixed on that as well. Uh, The damage is usually due to a new or changed business demand and how team leadership deals with these demands. I do not deal with independent business as clients, but I can only assume that the same happens there. Thanks for the show. I've always enjoyed the topics discussed. I've also subscribed to Linux Academy via the show's promotion. I wish Michael much success here in Florida. The summers can be hard. Hang in there. (laughs) And the winters aren't going too well either. Really? Uh, (laughs) Really? I thought that would be the highlight of being down in Florida, actually. That's yeah, why you so, go to Florida. So I, this email, and I have not looked at your doc because why even pretend? It's the holiday edition. We don't need to look at any docs. This is going to be a launching point for what I think will be one of my most epic rants. Really? I mean, this this and is going to be a holiday special. Uh, oh, it's going to be a very. It. I, I hope I don't hit the Swift announcement level, but get the hell out of here. It may be. In, it may be within my grasp. So, to answer uh, uh, the serial killer from the movie Seven's question, also named John Doe, it's completely true that your experience is correct, right? I have personally never seen Agile work the way it's supposed to work, right? Um, And I have never seen any form of Agile, time and materials, Agile to a cap, Kanban, Kanban, Cinnabon, Cinnabon, whatever you want to call it, work. And the reason is at some point people have budgets and expectations and you're either going to do it too fast and your PM's yeah. going to be mad or the owner of your company is going to be mad and you're yeah. not going to make enough money. Yeah. Or you're going to or you will have do you'll do it too slow for some complication and the client will be mad or the or the stakeholders if you're not a contractor. Um and before, like, I just want to set the table. Can I set the table for a feast here? Yeah, let's do it. 
I'm not even going to go into this yet, but it's something I want to talk about today. Estimating. I don't care if you're doing Agile, TNM, Waterfall, whatever, whatever name you choose to use for your process. If your estimate is not right, and there is no real way to, in my opinion, to accurately estimate how long it takes to do software, then you are destined for failure. I'm sorry, but you just said there's no way to accurately do it. Correct. And this is a reversal, long-time listeners of the show. And I, I, I want to save this. This is the ham for our rage mm. dinner tonight. I want to save it, although I'm Italian. So this is the chicken parm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, really? Dinner. Chicken parm, huh? That sounds good, dude. That's nice. Well, we, did, we used to do uh, shrimp marsala, which if you're not familiar, oh. uh, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And chicken parm and uh, manicotti and lasagna and meatballs. And Italian people are fat. We yeah. just like to eat. You've earned it. And we like to fight. Well, and we like to fight. So, you know, it's well, a good time. Actually, everybody likes to fight. And that's the funny thing is a business is a lot like a family. Every family has – when you picture a family, we all have this – at least here in, in America, we have like this 1950s projected ideal of the perfect family that gets together on the holidays and we sit around the table. But in reality, every family has compromises. Every family has bits that don't work like we all would just hope they would have when we were daydreaming about what family would be like, just like a business. And that's why every contract that – what's that? You've met my wife then. (laughs) That's why uh, every every client – you know that Mike and I would go into is is never doing any of these things to the letter. Nobody is, and it, it, what's funny is we all judge ourselves to the letter, but nobody. Everybody takes as much as they can from it, and then there's the realities of having to get the job done that make you take some level of compromise, and that's just the reality of every business, like every family. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I think it's a huge topic, though, right? I mean, if we, if we can just do, and I know we have his email. I mean, do we want to just handle his email first, and then I can do my retrospective really fast? Yeah, sure. And set the stage. So, yeah, I mean, Kanban, Kanban, Cinnabon, it's like every other process. It sounds great, but once uh, the money hits the road, it basically doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, process is hard. And I am of the opinion now, which I think this has actually been part of my kind of year-long journey up uh, out of hell and into light, as Dante would say. Or actually, it's more back into hell, isn't it? Where it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just going to throw this out there, Chris. Waterfall is no worse or better than Kanban or any other form of Agile. You son of a bitch. They all suck. They just suck in different ways, right? Like, let me let me, let me put. Let, but isn't let that me, why they matter in a way? Because because they suck in different ways, and for different companies, they work in different ways. Well, let me let me let's just define some terms. But but if they do suck, I think you're right. But when I say agile, I am specifically talking about a big umbrella of different processes, right? You could have extreme programming, you could have Kanban, you could have sprints, you could have Scrum. But at the at the you know the parent class level. I'm really talking time and materials, right? Hourly billing, Fair. where you don't really have like a contract that says this will be done by these many hours, or you know we're on the hook for it. Waterfall, I mean fixed bid, right? And there's a bunch of other tight, you know, there's there's a bunch of other things that go into waterfall. But for the simplification of the conversation, I'm talking about fixed bids, and I think 
going into this year, I had a fallacy about what agile really meant. And it turns out that it doesn't work in a lot of ways. Because people still have budgets and people still have expectations. Are Are you angry that you wasted time on it then? If you think it doesn't work, are you now angry that you wasted time? So I'm not suggesting that fixed scope works better either. Because I spent years on a fixed bid module, yeah, model, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I agree. The difference with Agile is basically the worst thing that happens is you get fired. Um, and there's a lot that goes into this, and I, I'm, I'm simplifying just up front to let you jump in, but... I actually think that the entire software development industry is fundamentally broken in a very big way. Things cost a lot, and things should cost a lot. You should not engage contractors and not expect to spend six figures. Things cost a lot, and people don't have an appreciation for how much work things are. because it's- yeah, and, on a, and also, like internal teams are always more efficient than external teams, so you shouldn't like compare the two. What we are dealing with, and I say we in the big in the bigger sense is right. is a problem that electricians and plumbers yeah. started to deal with, but is so much worse as it, as 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 the work becomes more and more abstracted from what the user or the client understands. It, it it's really weird because like, and I'm not talking about any particular project here because I've had about five projects that were just like this where. There's an organization that has internal developers, and they're just overwhelmed, right? And they would like you to come in and you know work with them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is, it probably takes you two months to actually get up to speed on their yeah. system, or three months to, until you're really, really adding good insight and value. Right. And you have to like give this estimate that's based on some document that you barely understand, right? And, or you think you understand it, but because you don't have the years of experience in the organization, you're just wrong or whatever. Yeah, the best thing you can bring is, well, I've done a lot of th- something like this in other companies, or I have, I have seen a lot of people try something like this, which is valuable to them, but it's, it's not mixed with a true understanding of what their objective is as a business. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of the, the like, write this internal system that we have in in different framework stuff this year, which was kind of new because it used to be make a mobile version of this, oh, right? Interesting, yeah. And and the beauty of mobile is like there are so many restrictions, especially for iOS, that it's easy just to say no to things and be like, actually, no, it has to, <laughs> like, because you know that's the way it goes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. In other words. I guess don't beat yourself up about it, but these are all frameworks to get us to work together on concepts that are imaginary. That's the reality of it, and that's why they're not perfect. Well, so large premise that doesn't make sense, and then we'll go into some more stories about why I think this might be true. Okay. It is actually impossible for an outside entity or an outside developer to accurately estimate any development job for your organization. And if they're going to be wrong, they're going to be wildly underestimated, right? Like by a factor of four or five X. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. Right. So that's 
it's where I am. And, and I don't know if you want to do an ad here, but I will tell you about the journey I've been on. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm plugging you for the ad. Yeah. Once I launch into this, it's going to be bad. So, you know, I, let's do it. Um, yeah. I'm, I, and this, so much of what you're saying totally resonates with my experience as well. Um, so I think that's kind of why, uh, in a way it's kind of like, you know what you are right now is you're that, uh, you're that stupid son of a bitch. That was that, uh, magician who went on Fox and revealed like all of the magician secrets. You're that guy. Oh, I have an announcement at the end of the show. There's a reason I'm doing oh. this. <laughs> okay. So, you're lighting yourself on fire in public. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, really the truth is, is, uh, one of the things I stressed out the most about early on in my contracting career was these estimates. I got better at couching and I also got better at manipulating as time went on. And that's how I managed to compensate. You, you get really good at spin, right? <laughs> you get like really good at, oh, that's not a bug. That That's actually a change order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Or you you intentionally overestimate in this area because you know you're probably going to end up needing slack in another area that they're not willing to give you slack like it's this weird like it's this weird sensing what the client can what the client can accept versus what the client can't accept and leaning into the areas where you feel like they will give and then making up for it in the areas where you feel like they won't and it's like this manipulation game really so let, let, let me let me do my magicians unmasked thing. I think that's the name of the show here. Um, core data. When I used to do a lot of iOS. Wait, instance. wait. What about the ad thing? That was a good tease. That was the oh, tease. All right, do the ad thing. Right. Go, go. All right, because that's it right there. I mean, that's the. I think uh, you 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 set me up. Let's do this really quick. Um, one of the things that I want to mention is that I think one of the best sponsors for this show for the whole year has been Linux Academy. I mean, obviously, both our sponsors are just. They're freaking perfect for our audience, but Linux Academy, if you haven't done it before, this could be your opportunity. Really think about going to linuxacademy.com slash coders. It is a perfect fit for a lot of the goals of our audience. Linux Academy is a platform to learn not just about Linux, but all the technologies surrounding Linux. Whether you're an experienced sysadmin or new to the world of Linux, Azure and AWS, OpenStack and DevOps, a sharp skill set is an absolute necessity to succeed. Meet Linux Academy, an online Linux and cloud training platform that uses self-paced video courses and hands-on labs to give you real-world experience for a wide range of skills. Train for your certification, learn the latest DevOps tools, and grow your skill set to do better work. Linux Academy is not just a video library. Our scenario-based server labs and quiz system allow you to learn hands-on. We also have full-time human instructors who answer questions and help you earn that certification or promotion at work. We add new training every week, so you'll always be up to date on the latest tech. Sysadmins of every experience level use Linux Academy to stay on the bleeding edge of the Linux ecosystem. You should, too. Also, if you if you go to an industry event, especially if work can send you, uh, keep an eye out for Linux Academy. They've been attending a lot of them recently. Those hands-on labs are unbeatable, as well as that instructor mentoring. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders linuxacademy.com slash coders now mr dominic let's do it let's uh let's ruin right. the careers of a few consultants out there <laughs> so M- mike's dirty magician's trick circa 2013 ah oh, you don't want to pay me for that ridiculous custom ios ui you want okay oh you want core data yeah that's 150 hours 
uh-huh, yeah. just for core data. Right. You yeah. You tuck, it, you tuck it into the thing that yeah. they, they're hyped about, that they want to spend on. Well, no, it's a thing they don't understand. Right. And or no that. one wants to look stupid yes. in the meeting. Right. Yes. Okay. That's probably – Right. That's – yes. That's better than what I just said because I'm – because what it is is they have they have a lot of opinions maybe on on some things because it is understandable by them because a lot of times these are intelligent people you're working with and then they have well, they have more well, vagary been... towards other things where you can extract a little extra leeway well and it's also a, a threat assessment right because like non-technical people and even actually technical people more so you don't want your database layer screwed up right so you're probably not going to to fight me on that extra week of labor right that's, um, that's now, this trick stopped working because huh. I don't do a lot of native iOS development anymore. But <laughs> it, it was one of those things that, like, I always had in my pocket because, you know, people would hire these designers, pay them, like, three grand, and they would come up with, like, completely different controls, like, down to... Right. Well, that's what you're paying them for. Yeah, but you want an app done in a month and you aren't willing to use the regular UI kit components. And remember, this is iOS 5 we're talking about, so there wasn't even like the framework okay. to oh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. To UI components like you can now. Like it'd be a little easier now, but you had to actually like write your own views and like implement touch handlers. And people just didn't get that and didn't want it. Well, it's just a button, man. Yeah, but it's not it's not a UI button. It's not, a, you know, you would have to to tuck that away. So that's my number one magician secret. And th- th- this is not part of the 2017 wrap up, though, Chris. We are. This is going to be an extravaganza, an, a holiday, a, a rough, a rough show for YouTube. I'm going to tell you that right now, <laughs> uh, because we've all seen the Last Jedi, right? Do you, no, I have. I have not. I, I've been. Spo- I've been recording. I've been recording like 24 seven. Spoiler alert. Adam Driver with no shirt on. I mean, oh, jeez. Uh, I got lost. Um, <laughs> Adam Driver is the guy who plays Kylo Ren for people who don't really follow. I kind of uh, sympathize with Luke Skywalker. It's it's time for the Jedi to end. In this case, the Jedi are developers. Because there's something fundamentally wrong. I mean, the, I, I, all kidding aside, IEEE published a statistic. Every year they publish their... Uh, Oh Jesus! The IEEE, I think they call it Connected. It's like their trade journal. Do you do you happen to have that, Chris? Do you read that journal at all? I don't happen to. Although, if this is something you think I legitimately should, I'd be up for it. Uh, it's free. You well, the the digital version's free, but it, it doesn't matter. I'll okay. summarize. Yeah, uh, one of the fi- one of the things they follow is what percentage of software engineering projects, based on their survey, fail. It used to be about forty to fifty percent. Now we're at like fifty-five to sixty, according to their survey. And this isn't Mike's house of fake numbers. This is IEEE, which is one of the most respected, you know, engineering organizations in the world. And I don't know how they do their survey. I don't know if the digital edition, if it's like a blog post, if that's different, if that doesn't have the same, you know, peer review, blah 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 disclaimer here. But that. That doesn't sound wrong to me, right? About slightly over half. And the number one reason for failure, as reported by their members, go ahead, Chris, take a guess. What is the number one reason software projects fail, according to um, self-reported vendors? Well, I, so is software. it something to do around sales or funding? Estimation, right. 
expectations and estimation. They lump it into one category, but you could call that sales too. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, you know what? Not a really not a surprise based on what you just said. If you think about it, the job is always going to be. So, so there's there's a funhouse mirror effect I'm finding, especially with these enterprise jobs, that for the internal team, because they had they've been steeped in the culture, they've been steeped in the technology that their organization uses. There's a lot of assumptions they have and a lot of experience they have with their processes, even like high level stuff like what exactly is it that we do with this business, right? And how, and you know, I know we have like a statement we gave you, but really, how do we operate, right, from a functional perspective? And there's stuff that is not documented. There's stuff that's just, you know, in practice, you have to use this particular VPN provider, or in practice, um, our IT support desk is just not that responsive. So they get in this position where you have the appearance of external teams looking slower than their internal developers, right? Because they are slower. And then you get another another uh, phenomenon, go ahead, play it, where... <laughs> ba -ba 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 -ba. Because the external salesman or the external uh, sales engineer bidding on the project doesn't have that internal point of view, that years of expectations of experience working in the organization, and also has an incentive to like close the sale, will not intentionally, but totally accidentally, wildly underestimate the project. Yeah. Yeah, by like factors of five, mm. right? By like huge, huge margins. Yeah, I mean, you hope to and, try to do better than factor of five. <laughs> you know, well, how could you? Yeah, you how could you? You can't. Like, you can't. like, like, it like sucks. A of death. and you always end up just you. You have to bear the brunt of it when you underestimate you. you right. just, like, like I, I going into twenty eighteen, my new rules now. I, I don't want to see the code for your existing system because it's meaningless to me. Like. Mm. I know it's very counterintuitive, but and maybe this is a personal failing, but I can't estimate a new project based on your existing code base. I just can't do it. And I I don't know, you know, the other trend that is being reported, and I think this is also by Triple E, but I'll I'll double check it and put it in the notes, is insourcing is going way up where companies are actually just hiring developers as uh, employees rather than contracting out because they are seeing this failure rate in contracted out projects, right? That seems like a good trend though, in a way. Um it's an interesting trend. I mean, I I'm not convinced that, you know, I'm kind of of two minds, right? And I think this is partially, I remember when doing anything, like doing a basic website was like 50 grand. So the fact that people expect what they expect for like $30,000 or whatever, <laughs> I find bending now, like, I'm like, I know it's offensive to you. It's offensive. <laughs> It's offensive. I mean, come on. In the 90s, it was like, oh, you want a basic HTML page? Yeah, that's $25,000, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and in the early 2000s, like, I remember when the iPhone came out, I didn't get up for less than 30 grand. Like, <laughs> Don't bother. And, and, and maybe, like, I, I was told by a guy who works for me, Dave, uh, He's he was actually at the original Java One conference, and he says, you're just so young, you're spoiled. He said, because you got into consulting right when the iPhone came out, you're used to just, like, demanding lots of money and getting mm, it. Yeah. This is what 
when technology aids it. You know, I, com- I, I yeah. got in, I got in right at the end of the nineties, right during the dot com boom, and then during the transition to web. So I had a couple of different bubbles I got to ride, which were extreme. And and then I had a lot of medical clients, and they were all writing that we have to go to electronic records. So there was a. I got a couple of really good trends that I got in on that looking back on it, I don't really know what I would sink my teeth into today if I had to go back into it. Do you know what I mean? Like if you think about it, if you had to start over from just totally nothing, I don't know what I would sink my teeth into. I mean like I can see where you're going with bots. That makes sense. But what I used to do, uh, it's even more so. I was – I benefited from a couple of different technology transitions that I was on the leading edge of. That I was able to capitalize on top of, and I can see what he's saying to a degree. You probably did too, although I think now that's you've sort of transitioned from that, so it's not really a fair, uh, not really. I mean, I think if you were going to start from nothing today, you'd probably still go in this direction. I would assume. What I'm saying is, like with still, Alice, what I mean. So yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. If I, if I could have started from zero. Like if January 1st was day zero, I probably would start directly in bots. Although the temptation of AR is there because I th- it's weirdly easier to sell, it looks like. Yeah. But, oh, sure. Yeah, I totally. And plus there's a lot of devices out there to buy. And I think it's because it's more tangible for people is is kind of the problem so so that's like setting the frame right like and I, I think we talked about this a little bit on 289 where like through the OS stuff you and I have been on kind of a journey is that fair like we've been on a little bit of a you know I went full yep. Linux for a while I tried out Windows 10 yep, yep. we've been through uh, a reanalysis uh, we've been through a bunch of different I've tried a dozen different Linux distros I've tried Mac OS I've tried Windows I'm. I've tried. I've now. I'm currently on sixteen oh four Ubuntu. Tried Chrome. I'm I've actually, switched to Firefox. I've switched from I'm Atom to Visual Studio Code. Uh, there's been a it's lot of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm. I'm basically back on Mac now, which is kind of weird. And, and in a way, I almost feel like all the OS looking, all the tool chain tinkering, huge waste of time. Kind, huge waste of time. Huge. It was kind of a way to ignore what actually turned out to be very big fundamental problems. I know. That were hard. Right. I think sometimes I have a tendency to fo- over-focus on the tools. But then, let's see, like I was saying in 289 is uh, I, I also I, – I was associating myself with my tools more than I realized. When it came to like, you know, using Linux, I was, I was connecting that more to my personal identity – than was healthy. And um, so I wasn't considering other things that may have just let me get my job done 15, 20 minutes faster, which meant that I got more time to walk Levi, or I had a little bit more time to go get that Christmas present for Abby, or Hadi and I could make dinner together instead of just her making dinner. And those things are more what I want to associate my myself with and less with the distro I use or the operating system that I use. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same. Hang out with my son, you yeah. know, yeah. whatever. It's, yeah. The same, it's the same thing. Yeah. If something can, uh, if something shaves five minutes off my day every single day, you know, like, um, I'll give you an example. Um, the, you know, the Slack message I sent you this morning, um, it was like, uh, I don't know, it was like 6.45 a.m. when I sent that to you here in Pacific. But I figured you were up because, you know, you're East Coast. 
And I have a 19-month-old who had yeah. surgery yesterday, so I was up at dawn. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. How did that go? Uh, good, but he was uh, <laughs> not not a happy camper. No, no, that's no fun. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but this is this is why I feel really, I feel like a dipshit now saying this, because that's huge. And I've... No, no. Be a dipshit. I'm a dipshit too. Uh, so this morning, when I wanted, I wanted to. I was in bed and I, I woke up and the first, the first thing I thought about was you. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, I want to make. <laughs> it was, it was, it really was. And I was like, I want to make sure that I'm in the studio in time so that way we can do these two coder radios. And I, I felt bad because I meant to slack you yesterday, but right. uh, I was editing TechSnap until like ten o'clock at night, and then you, you know, it was three hours even later where you're at. So I didn't want to at you, <laughs> just in case. I was actually. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, I know you probably sh- I probably should adjust. But so what I did is I woke up like at 6.30, 6.45 a.m. And I normally am up before then, but today was my like I've been it's been a marathon week. So this is my sleeping day. So I slept until like 6.30 and I went out and I normally just I have a machine set up. It runs Ubuntu 16.04. I've got a I've got a really nice mouse and a nice mechanical keyboard. And that's my like in the RV at home workstation. But we're moving the RV right now. We're going to a different site. And so I had everything put away. And the only thing I had out was my editing laptop, my MacBook Pro and my touch bar. And, uh, you know, there, I woke, I walked out of my bedroom and I grabbed my laptop. And before my eyes had really started working and before my fingers and my hands were even fully woken up, I had my, I had my finger on the, on the, uh, on the thumbprint reader or whatever you call it, the touch ID. And I had Slack up and I had sent you the message and I was done and I had the laptop closed and I went back to bed. And I, I fell back asleep for another 15 minutes. And the the whole like not having to like remember the password on that laptop and not the the not having to worry about the fact that it doesn't wake up from sleep within half a second. But by the time I have the screen open, it's awake. And then I put my finger on this stupid little nub in the corner and it's unlocked. Slack launches in half a half of a millisecond because this thing does nearly two gigs a second on the SSD. And I send you the message. I close the lid. It goes immediately back to sleep. No problem. I put it back down and I go back to bed. And that there is there is there's a very high probability that that would have worked with Ubuntu, but it wouldn't have been that quick. It wouldn't have been that easy. It wouldn't have been that I'm brain dead asleep. I just want to make sure I connect with Mike really quick and go back to bed. And I thought, you know, that that felt pretty good. I don't normally have that laptop at home. I don't normally have it there, so I don't normally experience that easy, smooth process. And I don't know how you put a value on that. I don't know how I make that a feature that is tangible. Because to me, it was a it was really touch ID and the super quick wake from sleep and the really fast SSD that all just came together and I was able to com- connect with you and plan for two episodes and I came in an hour earlier um, in 15 seconds. Well, that's a, I mean, the convenience factor has to be worth something, right? I guess. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a shift in what I value as what's important to me. What is, what is, what do I consider important? And when I get settled in this new campsite for the holidays where we have all this stuff, I'll set up the machine, I'll, it'll be running Ubuntu, and it, I don't even, because I've had issues from waking from sleep, what I do is I just turn off the screen, I don't even sleep my machine, is the way I compensate on Linux is it's running all the time and I don't lock it. Because LightDM's a piece of shit, and sleep is hit and miss about one out of six times, uh, X shits the bed. And so I have to reboot. 
And so what I what I have done to compensate is I have created a bash script that I have created a desktop entry for that I've put in my home folder that I have then linked in my sidebar that I can click that then launches a terminal that sleeps for three seconds. That way I'm not touching the any of the input devices. It then sleeps my screen and then I go to bed. And then if something comes up in the middle of the night that I have to dress for work, I sit down and I touch the keyboard and the machine's instantly available because it's not sleeping. It's just the screen's been turned off because of this random hack I've created. It's fine. It's fine. It's just what is your priorities? Do you want to write a script to do that and then create a desktop entry file and then use a program to, to edit the GNOME menu so that way you can then link it in your favorites area so that way it shows up in your dock extension? Or do you just want to open the lid, put your finger on a stupid nubbin, type a message, and close the lid? Yeah, I mean, it. it, it yeah, no, obviously, I just want to open the lid and, and go, right? Yeah. And, and I found that kind of myself when I was, you know, for a couple months they were using Linux full-time. It was a fun distraction. But what? it was almost like binge drinking in a lot of ways, actually. Oh, yeah? Because it feels good at the time. But not only does it not solve the problems you currently have, you also get a hangover on top of it, right? <laughs> well, did it really all come together for you at that time when shit hit the fan and you needed to sign some apps? And yeah, that was that was the moment, right? That was the the end. That was really the end. It yeah. was when I got that call from from our largest customer, and they were like, "Yo, I need a build, and I need it now." And and Mike's I mean, the one doing sure. the build. Mike's the one doing the sign. Mike's the one satisfying the client, and it has to happen as smoothly for Mike as possible. Well, and the other problem is Mike's also the one signing all the payroll checks and taking care of everything else, and doing the traveling at that time, doing the traveling, doing yeah, doing flying to New York for a meeting that ended up being nothing, right? Like, and making less money than he used to. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> So there, so there is a theme that I'm going to undercut or put in the undercurrent here that, you know, um, like we had a guy and I'm sure he's a great guy emailing to the show that wanted to have a call with me today. And I canceled it because with the kids, I just I, I, I honest to God, I slept less than three hours last yeah. night because yeah. if any of you who are parents that have children that even a minor surgery, but mm-hmm. any any time a child needs surgery, it's it's just even, it, it's even not just a good the, time. Even just the operational details of coordinating it all is stressful. Not to mention well, and the then going. I, I, and then I left my checkbook at home. When yeah, we of went. course you do, because you're all worried about the kid. You're worried about getting everything. Right. You're not thinking about what you need. You're not thinking about your stuff. Right. So of course I oh, drove man. back, and I ended up not being there for the surgery because the doctor oh. did it. But I'll tell you something, that doctor's uh, assistant was on my cell phone with me the minute I hit my house because yeah. she wanted her money. Like God, I have yes. been in your position. Yeah, so I'm just like reading, uh, you know, routing numbers. Anyway, it's not important, but suffice it to say that this like get to know you call was not was not like super important to me, right? Um, and what happened was it, it's you know this person also owns an agency or development shop, and and I we get I get these emails a lot where they have the misconception that I'm like drumming up multi million dollars of business because of the show, right? Because of this, and that's just like not the case um and it's not any i mean you guys are great i'm not dissing the audience but the reasons enterprises buy software have very little to do with the reasons you guys listen to podcasts 
Like I've had cases where a, a, a listener has introduced me to, you know, the director of IT at their company, but they've been like, yeah, we have a policy. They're not big enough. Mm. Right. And what has happened over this year is we're really trying to make this push towards quality and towards being a better dev shop. But we're hitting these walls that are, are hard to, to surmount one. We have no outside funding, which is just a problem, right? So everything can be very bursty up and down Two, process, which, which is a larger conversation. I think we'll jump into in a minute here, but process is good to a point. But the problem is when you don't have a lot of process, process actually ends up being a cost center and costing money. So if you're not charging enough versus what you're paying people, you can't afford process. Mm. Yeah, I completely And agree. Mm-hmm. you get into positions of like watching a, a, a operating account, you know, go down and down and down. You end up making less than you used to make as an individual consultant. And, you know, I have had like visions and, you know, my snow leopard joke from, from 289, um, you know, there was also something else in a cave on that mountain where the snow leopard was leaving me. It was the back room of my house with an iMac pro being, you know, working alone. Right. Like, Mm. because the, the reality of, and this is not great to say in the air, but the reality of my situation is we are either going to develop these processes fast enough and at a low enough cost with some sort of price increase or we're not right because we can't you know again another misconception that like we charge with thought bot charges we are so much cheaper which is a huge mistake because we we just like simple things like account reps that answer the phone and like you know, that deal with the clients, the developers don't have to is something I don't have because I can't afford to, um, things like dedicated quality control, right? Don't have it. Um, things like, like for most of the year, I didn't have a dedicated salesperson. Yeah, Now I do. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also a cost that, I mean, isn't really working super well. And it's and and one of the 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 values that I have is transparency. So I've been telegraphing. That's why I'm okay saying this fall in the air. I've been telegraphing to people that we either need to charge more, get more business at a higher rate than what we have now, or become more efficient. If we don't, then we're we're in trouble. I mean, that's we're just not going to make it because the problem is customers are demanding more quality from us, uh, more professionalism, better estimating and all of these kind of like process things, but we don't have it. Right. And we have to hire it in, but people, you know, I, 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 there's also some differences. The economy is actually very good right now. So hiring people is much harder. Um, even hiring remotely is hard because I can't put someone who has no experience on a project, let them take the project and think they're going to get it done without having a lawsuit on my hands or some sort of problem. So I need people with experience. So I'm back to doing what everybody else does, the three to five years experience thing. But those people want a salary. They want full time. So you can't give them contingency work, right? And because of the low rates we charge, we can't hire freelancers because there's no margin there. So you, you really get... 
I, I'm finding myself between a pretty significant rock and a hard place. And the other problem is, of course, all of this. Alice had some opportunities that I, I ended up foregoing to deal with client issues. Oh, that no. Sit my, sit right, that's that that's the my, worst. That is That yeah. stings so bad. Right. And I got to be honest with you. I think some of these client issues are just simply not salvageable. And I should have just let them drop when they were going to drop. Jesus, you and I are having the same. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah, I I totally understand. Because the answer is I just have to spend a bunch of money. But you can't, like, raise rates, you know, 25% overnight, right? You just can't do it. So. Oh, man. You know, oh, God. You know, this new TechSnap relaunch was – it started as a total hit to my gut because uh, I had no intention of replacing Dan and I had an intention of launching new shows. I, I spent I spent like the ten months I took off at TechSnap rebuilding the backend infrastructure to launch new shows and to, to totally revamp the way we do shows. And um, I was gearing up now to launch something on this huge new cool infrastructure I had built. And then I got this. Hey, I gotta I gotta stop doing the show. It's taking too much time, and I I gotta focus on these community events I'm doing. And my world just came crashing down because I was building and building and building Steam to this huge new release, and I had to table it. And I, I spent the first two months trying to find someone else to fill in for me on TechSnap to try to do it for me so that way I could continue to launch the new product that I wanted to launch. And I couldn't find the right person who could do a decent job at it. And yeah. um, what I ended up doing was – Sort of having the best of both worlds in a way is I I changed TechSnap to be the product that I wanted that I wanted to create, and uh, I it was TechSnap itself as a product was suffering. So you know if you were going to quit if you could make an equation, sales were down, um, right? And they had been trending downward pretty significantly, and we're showing that the product was probably about to lose its relevancy, and uh, so I didn't have a lot to lose with it. And I decided that I would essentially use that as license to create it into what I wanted to make that I think would be a more competitive product. And it has been more successful so far. Uh, It's still early days, but I had this whole moment where I was like, well, shit, now I can't do the big thing I wanted to do. I can't do this thing that I've been planning for three months. I have to... I have to work on this existing thing that I have an agreement with sponsors on that I have things in place. I have established audience for I I have to go back to this thing that I left 10 months ago. And it it was I fought it for well, two months. I fought it two months right? straight. You yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yep, yep. And I fought that. I fought it and I fought it and I fought it because I felt like I was having to kill the new possibly more successful product to salvage the existing thing. Uh, but at the same time, I, I realized, well, it's it's probably I guess I, I guess I realized there was a way to Windows 10 this thing and kind of Ooh. make the existing product even better if I was willing to jettison a few couple of fundamental assumptions about it. See, I I, I don't know. Like hearing you say that, it, it does seem like it's basically really the parallel journey there. But what you're saying, I think you fell into fallacies that I fell into for most of the years of like, I can just make this the new thing, right? I can do both. I can balance it. No, no, no. I've I've killed the baby. 
The baby's dead. There's no. Oh, ba- there's, okay, you're no- killing the baby. I basically drowned the baby. Right. Yeah. That that's that's what happened, and and I don't know. I mean, you just relaunched TechSnap, so and I obviously I hope it does well, right? Like I'm not, but for me, I can tell you that drowning the baby from my side isn't worth it, or was not worth it. And I'm probably looking at a pretty negative outcome anyway going mm. forward. Yeah, in terms of the consulting side of things, I, like people, I, I, could, I could see that yeah. being a thing. I could see that people could decide that they don't like the new the new tech snap, and it, it should. It's not I even should. that they don't like it, right? They could like it fine. Like, see, this this is a this is the mistake I kept making, and that I'm trying to just psych myself up to correct. <laughs> Muddling through and like being okay and like compromising and like. Like it, so, it's a little different, right? You have sponsors, you have shows, but like for consulting, it's like comping a bunch of time and like trying to you know hire new people as people randomly quit and give you no notice, which is great. Um, that's not succeeding. That's treading water, and you're not getting anywhere. One of the big things was we had the Alice launch, but then it basically ended up like evaporating into the air in a lot of ways. Because we, the little bit of time I took to do that ended up having negative repercussions for the consulting business. And that's just not recoverable, right? In terms of, you know, once, once you're in a position of, you know, we have, we have weird situations that happen this year. Like we had one situation where a new customer signed a contract and then vanished and never paid us, like never started the project. But of course, we we acted as though we had the contract because we were like we put it on the schedule, we prepared to do it, blah blah blah. But then we ended up with excess bandwidth. Then we had a situation where a customer paid us for work and disappeared and never gave us a spec sheet, and then three months later came back and was like, "We need this in two weeks." Um, what do you do? It, Are you just well, ruthless? I mean, Are you bold? Do you kill shit and fire people so, and pivot and well, just take I, so, no names? I mean, the problem is I think I'm not ruthless enough. That's I what think I think, I'm, too. That's exactly what I think, too. <laughs> like, I'm much too willing to, like, take a pay cut and protect jobs, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I'll do, like, Mickey Mouse temporary cuts on people's hours if I have to. Um, you know, if client's unhappy, I'm not willing enough. I'm usually very, like, oh, let's work it out. I probably should just say, okay, well, you know, too bad. <laughs> mm. Contracts, time, and materials. You have no case. Go away. Right. Because you never, I have never seen a case where you recover that. And I've never seen a case where, you know, in the case of like employees, you don't cut their hours for a week and then have them not look for another job. Yeah. But then again, so but the same, but the same time, I don't know business? of a single case of any successful business story that I've heard about, any successful entrepreneur or founder or whoever who isn't just a fucking dick, ruthless asshole. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I've had a larger realization in the in the cave on Dagobah that I don't think this model is going to work. Like this hybrid model of half remote, half on site, half consulting, half product. And I was listening to a podcast by the dude from ThoughtBot, and they were having some of the same issues. But one advantage they have is they charge a flat thirty two hundred a week at least. So they just make a lot more fucking money, right? Mm. <laughs> like it's easy when you have a war chest. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but when you're the little guy who really doesn't have a lot of margin on right. his developers right. and is kind of yeah. struggling. Yeah, like in podcasting, if you've got a name, you could charge 
eight thousand dollars. I, you- I, I, for shits and giggles, looked up what an ad on ATP would cost me. It's five thousand dollars an yeah. episode. Yeah, it's because it's got John Syracuse and Marco Arment on it. Yep. Right, but that—that's like. But you're buying Marco Arment saying that he uses backblaze. Yeah. But my problem is, so are my competitors are doing that, yeah. right? Like the unfortunate reality is, Thoughtbot is a competitor, and they're kicking my ass. Like, and, and I, this is not like Mike's therapy session, but you know, I came to a smaller market and I'm doing well down here compared to what, what it was in New Jersey. But a smaller pond is still a smaller pond, and the fish are a little smaller too, right? It's also the so there was a okay so in 2016 like 2015 was a bad year right because i took a pair of heart attacks had a lot of problems in 2016 uh me and a buddy of mine had kind of a wandering in the woods period where we decided that the solution to all our problems was that we were doing fixed bid and so we should do time and materials and that as long as it was time and materials everything would be okay And that's just not true. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, it's only okay if you're dealing with clients who know things should cost money. But like most of them don't. Right? One or two do because they're like technical themselves and they understand, you know. But many of them don't. Many of them, you know, they'll sign a contract and pretend like they, it was a fixed bid. Right? They'll... They won't get that you don't have the competency to really estimate their project because you don't know their business, right? They'll it really it really becomes a. Uh, uh, I mean, I had one guy bounce a giant check on me this year that was unbelievable, but it took a week for that check to get returned. So we did a week of work. I mean, I don't know. I I'm, we're we're getting off track here, but the the industry seems to have fundamentally changed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my industry has too. Um, I just posted during the show, which is a sort of a clunky statement. It was a reply I made on YouTube and I just posted it uh, during the show to Twitter and now to our Discord. And it's essentially uh, why Jupiter Broadcasting is doing less and less video. Yeah. Uh, and it's sort of a it's sort of a well, we tried. We really gave it a go. But to be honest, people who with bigger budgets and larger production capacities outdid us. And then the YouTube world is such that if you're not if you're not getting a hundred thousand views per video, then at a hundred thousand you're making enough to pay yourself. At a hundred thousand views per video, you're making enough to pay yourself. Um, and then once you go beyond that, maybe you can pay an editor or a, or a producer, but it's going to get pretty tight. Uh, that's the YouTube system, and um, you know the th- reality is is we just don't have the budget to to produce content that can uh, bring in those kinds of views. Like I can get closer, I can do some things. If I wanted to, I could be a real douchebag, and I could uh, I could I could do flame bait topics that uh, that push on people's emotional buttons and and play to their uh, lower instincts. Uh, yeah. But I just can't bring myself to do it. Um, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I've decided that the company's got to focus on what it can do better than most people can do, and it's right. audio productions. And so Linux Action News and TechSnap and a lot of the shows that uh, like User Air that are sort of have, have launched in 2017 
are 100% audio focused, recorded in a multi-track setup, produced in a multi-track way, and uh, and you know annotated and and marked for different time codes, and it's like it's just a it's a totally different product than when I. Then when I just decided, hey, you know what I could do is I could do a video stream while I record this audio podcast, which then all of a sudden created this crazy freaking unbalanced dichotomy where it's kind of a video show where we've got visuals and it's kind of an audio show because the majority of people that are actually getting it are listening. And it was um, this funky balance that uh, really made a lot of our products mediocre, I think. And so it's sort of stagnated growth. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you know. oh, it's 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 a bummer because uh, you, you've gotten a lot of momentum and direction and uh, um, I don't know energy, whatever you want to say, around a certain direction, and then you get there and you go, oh shit, I should have been doing this the whole time, or at least. And so now it's like, how can I reasonably pivot? How can I reasonably? Uh, uh, get into this to this direction that obviously makes more sense. I want. I got a couple ideas. Plus, I got a couple of things I think you and I should talk about for 2018. Let's take a moment and thank DigitalOcean. And DigitalOcean is one of those sponsors that both Mike and I use to actually get our job done. And it's it's the perfect sponsor for what we do and what you might possibly want to do. And I wanted to do something a little different for our holiday specials. I wanted to go inside DigitalOcean. This is presented by The Muse. And this is just a quick clip of like what DigitalOcean's like. And I thought this would be kind of a cool way for the holiday special for, for our spot here because DigitalOcean is one of the reasons this, this show has been here. And the fact that you guys go over to DigitalOcean and use our promo code Coder Digital. If it wasn't for them and it wasn't for you, I don't know if we'd be here this far into it at 290 and we're almost to 300 and I wanted to celebrate all of that by going deep, going inside, behind the curtain at DigitalOcean. And I think that's what generates the excitement. And there's always a lot of challenges that go along with the excitement and I think that's what generates the excitement. And some of the challenges that we have here that I think are particularly exciting is that we're sort of rewriting the playbook on cloud computing and making it much simpler for developers to use, much easier for them to build really interesting applications and to do it in a way that enables them to really focus on what they love to do, which is ship great code and not worry about the infrastructure. We are not only dealing with one interface, which could be the browser or a web app or a mobile application. Engineers work with other infrastructure, with other interfaces as well, with CLIs or APIs. And as a user experience team, we also have to cater to those interfaces. We're not there yet, but that is part of the exciting work that we need to work on. When it comes to technical decision making on my team, I really like them to be consensus based. Every engineer should have an input into our decision making because every engineer has value that they add and it doesn't matter if they're right out of school and just saying but why is it doing it that way because often that is a really insightful thing to say so different perspectives really help us drive to have a better product and that's a really important thing to cultivate when you're a manager the main thing you want to be focusing on is what is best for the software we're making for our company and for our customers. I think generally the skills we look for are teaching above all. People on a team come from a background of teaching or have a love of teaching and I think that that's one thing that we've learned recently is that's one of the most paramount skills on the team is someone 
who not only is excited about their subject matter, but really passionate about sharing it with others. I do get to leverage a lot of the skills that I learned during my days in academia. As a cloud company, we're collecting huge amounts of data. And so as someone who's inherently interested in statistics and research, I get to apply a lot of my skill set to all the data that we're collecting. And sometimes the sheer volume and the sheer velocity which is coming presents like unique challenges that you would never really face in academia. So there's huge opportunities for growth and learning and general education and stuff like that. DigitalOcean.com and use our promo code CODERDIGITAL. Go spin up some infrastructure in less than a minute and take advantage of their amazing dashboard, their SSD performance, and much more. CODERDIGITAL after you create your account and you'll get a $10 credit at DigitalOcean.com. Calm. So we have a couple of crystal ball things and uh, more. So I, I don't know. How do we how do we go forward from here after you've decided that everything is bust and nothing works? So you said you had some uh, ideas. I think we should jump right into that. All right. Well, so my you know my ideas have been mostly around uh, how to sort of f- close the gap between what I thought I was going to do and what I ended up realizing we need to focus on and what we're actually good at making. Right? It was a bit of a, it was when we started, when we started, it, it wasn't that we were bad at making videos. It's just, that's what the standard was. And you know, you could get away with that. But then as, as time went on and more money got involved and more people started taking this seriously, production went up and all of a sudden we were caught in this weird, crazy middle ground. If we were, if we were comparing ourselves to like, uh, podcast networks of last generation, like say your your Leo Laporte twits. Um, you know, if you were if you're looking at them, you might go, "Well, you're not doing too bad. You're doing better than they are." Uh, but the reality is, is that's not nearly good enough. You if you want to if you want to compete in the audio podcast space, uh, people have six or seven or eight other really good options for that week. You know, I think most people in our audience probably have at least five podcasts they're listening to on average, and some are up in the 10 or more, and some are down in the one or twos. But on average, people listening to our shows probably have about five that they're subscribed to. And so when I looked at how do I make a competitive product, you know, do you want to know? Uh, I'll give you, I'll, yeah, let's just do this. Let's, I'll give you, this is the review that I did that when I listened to this, I went, do it. I went, holy shit. It is so obvious I have to make this change. I am so fucked. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of this comes down to opinion, but I'll give you... Here's the intro to the current version of TechSnap, the one that just came out yesterday as we record. Uh, Here's what the intro sounds like. I'll just play like the first 30 seconds or so. So I apologize for show within show, but I I think it'll be clear why I'm doing this here in a moment. This is TechSnap, episode 349. Welcome to TechSnap, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly systems, network, and administration podcast. We recorded this episode on December 21st, 2017. It's brought to you by our three great sponsors, IX Systems, DigitalOcean, and Ting. I'll tell you more about them as this year's show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us every week is the presenter, the engineer, and the debugger, Mr. Payne. Mr. Wes Payne. Hello, Wes. Hello, Chris. Wes, this is our second TechSnap together. We have some we have some follow up on the show format itself, but we'll save that for the feedback section. Yeah, sounds good. 
There's we, just too much fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, we got to start with a TechSnap classic. Brian Krebs has done one of his famous investigative pieces where he goes behind the scenes on... Um, okay, and then we go into the show. So that is the first 56 seconds of the new TechSnap. Now I present you with the first 56 seconds of the old TechSnap. Coming up on this week's episode of TechSnap. We say farewell to Dan, but don't despair. We've still got a ton of great topics to cover. We compare the handling of recent data breaches at Imager and DGI and what that means about our trust in their security practices. Plus, we share a bunch of in-depth guides to upgrading your security posture this holiday season and see Dan off with some of your finest feedback and surely the world's tastiest roundup. So that long, awkward tease where you could hear Wes breathing and it was just silence is a necessity you have to do if you are going to even dare to ask a video audience to spend more than an hour listening to a show or watching a show. You have to tell them what's coming up. And it always sounds like a sales pitch. It sounds like a disingenuous sales pitch because what you're trying to do is take a week's worth of research and two hours worth of recording and you're trying to summarize it in 28 seconds. And it 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 sounds bad. It doesn't work for an audio and it's unnecessary in an audio podcast. And then it, this is 28 seconds in and I'm already I'm already out. And you can see the compromise that was initially made for video. It, it just right here in the beginning, but it continues on this week's episode of TechSnap. Welcome to TechSnap. Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly systems, network, and administration podcast. This is episode 347 for November 28th, 2017. This episode is brought to you by our three wonderful sponsors, DigitalOcean. Now you'll notice Wes will take pauses here. That when you're listening to it, when you're just listening to it, are awkward. But these are pauses that you have to take because there are visual splashes taking place in the video version of the show. Every time Wes is a sponsor name, there is a motion graphic that comes up on the screen with their logo. And he has to pause in a certain cadence so that way there is time for the graphic to show in the video. But when, uh, you're, but when you're listening, I'm almost done. I know this is arduous, but I'm almost no, done. No, no, keep going, keep going. But when you're listening to it, it's when you're just listening, which 70% of the audience is just listening, it's very awkward. Ting. And IX Systems. My name is Wes, and joining us one last time is our friend Dan. Welcome to the show, Dan. Now, Dan, I, I, I mean, by the way, I'm, this is not a criticism of Wes or Dan. They both did a great job, and this is the this is the constraints that they had to work within. Now, Dan, even though Dan and Wes are both vibrantly aware that about 70 to 80% of the audience is on audio, because they see each other on a video screen, because there are studio lights on, because there is a green screen and a studio camera and a camera switcher, they cannot help but address the camera, even though the majority, up to possibly 80 to 70% of the audience is on audio, they can't help but talk about it as if it's available for everybody to see. Hello, Wes. Hello, audience. And you? You're looking especially sharp today, may I just say. Um, This is what I think you're referring to. This is a New Zealand swan dry. And I took to us. New Zealand Swandry, S W A N D R I. 
maybe two ends in it. I'm not sure. But basically, it's a bush shirt. Oh. Um, it, it, it's all woolen. It uh, has no zippers. It just. I think you get my point. Uh, it, it is just it is it is a fractured product. It was a shit product. It wasn't their fault. It's they inherited a bad product. They they inherited a product that didn't have a deep understanding of what its core audience was looking for it. And so this is a minute and thirty seven into the show. By fifty eight seconds into the old text nap, we were already talking about Brian Krebs looking into a marketplace to sell users' identities. At this point, we'd already gotten into a major point about the story. And it sounds better, it's less awkward, it's smoother, because we're only thinking about the listening experience. And when you watch it in video, this isn't so bad. But when you listen to it, it's simply not a competitive product. And this was the come to Jesus that I had. And that's why I, I, I essentially, I, what I, the way, see, what you say is I had to kill my new baby thing that could be the big, big, big his success. See, I think what I actually did is that I spent a lot of energy and excitement and time thinking about all of this stuff and building something that is the ideal version, the, the, the perfect thing that I could put up on the precipice and say, this is my ideal. And then, and then of course, because of the compromises that we make in real life and in business, I couldn't actually deliver my ideal product. I never can. I just don't have an unlimited budget, unlimited time, and uh, all of a sudden this huge burst of creativity. But what I could do is I could conceptualize what I would do in a perfect world, learn lessons from that, and then reapply it to our existing products. So that was the lesson that I took away from it was not that it, not that I'm killing the baby, not that I'm killing the next generation podcast that's going to bring Jupiter Broadcasting all new levels of Bitcoin. It's more so that I spent time doing sort of a research and development skunkworks lab project. And while it's not quite the big thing that the R&D department came up with, we're still shipping a lot of their time and their effort into the existing product and making them better. So the question is, what is the ROI on making the existing product better for you? I'm not sure yet because it takes a lot more right. of my time. And as, as, and this, it is hard for me to really put a dollar amount on that because you could argue my dad likes to tell me that my time is free. So whenever I go, like whenever I bitch to my dad, oh, God, man, I'm working so much. I'm working 65 hours this week and I've now I've got another show that I'm doing and now I'm editing and I'm publishing it. And it's just, it's just a ton of work. And my dad always says, you know. The thing is, your time is free, and anybody else's time you got to pay for. And he's kind of right, except for that I feel like my time is yeah, not free. I feel like time is the most valuable thing I have. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I so this again been part of my uh, year long adventure here is that my time is actually not that free. Um, it comes at other costs, like the cost may not be financial. Sure. But the the costs time are, with your kid, time with your relationships, time with your kids, strain on the family, right? You know, I I can't count how many like birthday parties, graduations, things I've missed, right? And and, and this is even like looking beyond the one year horizon, looking back years, and in a lot of ways, I haven't really gotten anywhere. 
I mean, I'm not, not that I'm in like a destitute position. I'm okay, right? I mean, software developers are by You've definition. You moved to Florida. You moved to Florida. Right. You got but like, I mean, I mean, like progressing the business in a way that makes sense, right? I don't know. I feel like Alice is a is it does long term make a lot of sense. Well, but Alice, see, the problem is there. There's two halves. There's the consulting half and the product half. And the consulting half is in this kind of snake eating its tail cycle of you get a client, you lose a client, you get a client, you lose a client, you get a client. And you may and lose a client maybe just that, you know what, they were never going to be a long-term relationship. They just wanted, you know, update our app because our other vendors out of business, right? Like something like that. Yeah. There's never an upward growth to that, right? It's just running in a circle, um, not going anywhere in terms of either – Growing the business, additional revenue, additional profitability, things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would argue that profitability has actually somewhat gone down. Yeah. Um, but it, it's – I think it's an interesting challenge because in a lot of ways, you know, I could argue to you that you should just wait TechSnap out a year. And I have people arguing to me that I'm just impatient, right? Like building processes are going to take – you know, another year. It's going to take a long time. Yep. yep. And you're going to lose money. And, you know, it's something that is just going to happen. But that's kind of like a non actionable argument, if that, that phrase, if I can use an interesting contortion there, mm-hmm. where what you're effectively saying is just wait. Right. Right. But you can't wait. Payroll runs every two weeks. Right. You run your taxes every month because of the way we we do things. Right. It's you just can't wait. And, you know, clients aren't going to care that like you're improving quality. They're going to say, well, we're still paying you what we pay you. Well, I just the way I make up for that is by writing checks against me. Like I fill in the gaps. Right, that's what I've been doing, but I, but I've hit the upper bound of of what oh, I yeah. can personally do. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, right. And, and I have like core, core members of my team basically killing themselves, and it's it it's just not uh, it it the, the winds are not are not building upon themselves, right? Mm, yeah, that is something you got to measure. I do feel like uh, the changes we've made this year have put Jupiter Broadcasting in a much better position for 2018. Like, I feel like we're going into 2018 a lot stronger than we went into 2017. See, I feel like we're going into 2018 slightly stronger, but in roughly the same position where we have a key customer and we we are basically, you know, if if we're going to grow, we're going to lose a lot of money first, which – which might not be worth it. Well, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that is. God. I I feel more positive going into 2018 than I think I have for like the last three years. So. Yeah, see, I'm feeling more negative. Well, I mean, I've been pretty negative. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but I can I'm, see. Yeah, I can understand. I totally understand why. Um, and, you know, I'm, I you know so many ways I'm still rolling the dice by the cancellation of LAS and now the reboot of TechSnap. Like, I would have liked to just stabilized out after ending LAS. Like, we're still writing that out even. See, I feel like you already took the bet by canceling LAS because LAS I did, must yeah. have been your – That your, was, yeah. yeah that was the big bet, yeah. TechSnap is the number two big bet though. That's the thing. <laughs> like, if you could make another second bet, it would be TechSnap. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, it's a tough situation. And I think that – 
you know, all like I, I've been talking about continuous integration. Like I, I feel like I've been telegraphing this sort of issue for, for most of the year, right. About process. Like I know we got some complaints. So it's always about project management and like, you know, but those are the actual problems that are now like keeping me up at night. And unfortunately the problems are always expectations, right? The customer expects it to cost X. You have no idea what it should cost really, but you make some educated estimates and it turns out it costs X, you know, cubed or whatever, right? And that's just what it comes down to. And that may be, well, we're not doing a process that works. Well, they didn't give us all the documentation. In one case, they told us they had source code we could use. And they didn't, which was particularly interesting because their other vendor held them hostage. That's more of a one-off sort of weird story. But at the end of the day, like these fundamental problems of project management of trying to run an agile process in a market where you have on the low end competitors who are just like in india not paying people anything they don't have your overhead or are you know basically shops like thoughtbot which are so booked that they can't like you know if you call thoughtbot they'll tell you yeah we'll get to your project in you know q2 2018 is that bad it sounds like they're in demand. It sounds like they're, you know, well, they're playing hard to get yeah. almost. Well, they're, they're just so booked, right? And they're charging a lot more, but, but they're hitting a different uh, class of clientele, I think. And, and you could, I mean, just to be a little self-reflective uh, here, you could say, well, ThoughtBot is, and I'm, I'm using them as an example. I have nothing against them, but they're famous, right? Sons of bitches. No, you could say that, well, they, <laughs> they made a risky bet like I should be making when Ruby on Rails came out. And because they were the only major consultancy doing Rails, they were able to basically become an integral part of that community. And by the way, they have a lot of pushback. If you if you look online, people are starting to kind of, as Rails has become more enterprisey and Thoughtbot has, you know, there's nothing worse than an aging hipster, right? It's, there, there, there is something to be said for like the whole golden MacBook thing in the enterprise doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But it's true. It, it, it's still true that they, they 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 have put in their time. They did all those Vim videos. They they go. They host all these events. They sponsor all these um, you know, code camps. These hackathons. They 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 have done the work to get where they wanted to get to. But they they don't. How can I put this? If I need to close a sale, I have to go find a client. If Thoughtbot needs to close a sale, oh, wait, they don't, right? Because they have a Trello board of people yeah, who want to the, buy from them. Yeah, the sale comes to them. Yeah. Right, and that that's a significant difference. Yeah. And I would bet, because I know we have other dev shop owners who listen to the show, I would bet that you, like the guy who wanted to talk to me and wants to be on the air, he's trying to solve the same problem I am, right? You might couch it in like, oh, I want to talk about processing. You don't. I get it. But it's the... In a weird, like, microcosm way, it's almost like the tech market in general, where the bigger players are getting bigger and more powerful. And you remember, I've been doing this for about 12 years now. So it has never been harder to close a sale. And I've never had to sell more for less. Mm. Which which is, you know. This is why you should become a full-time podcaster, because the podcasting market is actually going up. (laughs) 
Is it really? Yeah, yeah, it is. Like podcasting is actually doing better than it ever has. You should just switch over, launch three more shows, dude. You and I will work together, <laughs> and you just transition. <laughs> I actually thought about like just becoming like a tech journalist. Like, you know what? I could fucking do this. I mean, come you on. You could, yeah, you could, you could. You've In got fact, a lot of I mean, background, yeah. A public and tech journalist. I mean, come on. Be like, uh, just, well, you and me, we'll launch a new tech show, and uh, we'll we'll sell three uh, five thousand dollars sponsors on it somehow. I don't know. We'll get Marco's advice on that. Just buy a car. It's a Chevy, not a Tesla. So that, by the way, that shows you the relative ranks of hierarchy. Yeah, in the, uh, industry, yeah. really, right? Yeah. yeah, the Malibu versus the Tesla. Yeah, yeah it, like, it, the name yeah. makes all the difference in the uh, in the brand world. You know, it really makes all. Although the I say, like I I. I'm not – well, I should be ashamed, but I'm not. 3 a.m. last night, I was basically in a place where I was just like thinking I could burn this to the ground, get an iMac Pro, and just like do little consulting and be done. Good for you. I, as, as scary as it is in some ways, I think it's also really healthy to just think that out because, uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I, I've been there too. I've been there myself. I've thought – uh, I don't need to deal with all of this. I could just do two or three maybe at most shows a week and just run them independently and just go uh, fart around the entire country in my RV while I do podcasts. Um, but the reality is that's, you know, there is – there would just be uh, a whole other set of problems that I can't even conceptualize. Uh, I, when I really think about it, I've invested a lot into this. It's got good momentum. It just – there's certain things that need to be fixed up. Uh, the ship has a few leaks, but otherwise it's pretty in pretty good shape. And so that's that's where I've – but if your ship has more leaks than it does good things about it, I don't think it's crazy to be fantasizing about that. I think it's really healthy because it gives you it gives you contrast to think about to compare where you're at. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of the decision I'm trying to make. And, and that's why to my detriment I have been super transparent with my, with my guys because – we're just like not performing at the level we need to. And it's, it's not even that like the code we're shipping is crap. I think the code we're shipping is actually like pretty good. Of course, there's always misunderstandings. There's always like, you know, one project that's off track, but it's that we just can't get the freaking sales. And that's a problem like that. I, I have no way to solve that. Yeah. That doesn't involve just like I spent and I didn't, and, and I know we're running long, but but this I think this is a figure because people sometimes email and ask me about sales. No, it's a holiday extravaganza. Go for thousand dollars on ads this year. Jeez, really? I yeah. I mean, what did you think was going to happen though? Everybody always I, says ads don't work. Twenty five thousand is a lot. I got nothing. Now that number is is a roll up of an entire marketing budget. That includes, you know, hiring an agency to do the ads, right? So that's the whole project, mm-hmm. the entire suite of ads and the cost of the ads running on Facebook and shit like that. All those automated tweets that people like to bitch about. <laughs> um, the sick part was the best performing tweet was one of my stupid uh, Linux adventure ones. Yeah, of course. That does nothing for generating leads. Yeah. And, and what happened at the end of that? I went back to the agency and said, Listen, I paid you like twenty five grand, and you didn't like get me a single good lead. What? What's up with that? They're like, oh, when you still owe us two thousand dollars, like, yeah, you're you're just not getting paid. <laughs> Go ahead, sue nice me. dude, like, good for you. Yeah, it, 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 it's such a, and this is like where where my holiday extravaganza goes to crap because this is not one of those where I pretend like I don't know the answer, and then I give people an answer. I honestly don't know the answer. And I think the answer is something like 
You have to be in the right place at the right time. You have to do a, a, a thought bot and like get it on the ground floor. But you also have to have the stomach and the marketing budget to host those events, to do those things. And uh, I'm with the, you know, with the kid and everything, I just don't. I mean, I'm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, the, the more um, constraints you have, the more things you have locking down your flexibility, the less crazy ass things you can do. So if you have, in my case, about a dozen people that are dependent on Jupiter Broadcasting, um, plus I have my three kids and I have Angela that uh, I want to make sure are taken care of. And then I have myself. Um, and th- so it, it, I am in, in a lot. And then I have a relationship that I value incredibly high. And so I can't just like go all crazy and like really take off forever because, you know, my fiance has a business that she runs here in Washington. She can't just leave with me. So the more tied down you are, the less flexible you are. But at the same time, from constraints come some of your best innovations. And so in the, in, if, you look at, if you look at all creative endeavors, sometimes constraints actually lead to your best results. And it's when you have, un, when you have a blank check for anything you want that shit sucks. And so I, yeah. I, I don't actually inherently think constraints are a bad thing. It's how you view them and what you make out of what you have left that it all comes down to. No, I think, in fact, I think that's a great place to leave it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. And uh, thank you so much for listening to a year of the Freakin' Coda radio program. Go check out Mr. Dominic. He's at Dumanuko on Twitter. I'm at Chris LAS. The whole damn network is at Jupiter Signal. Our live times, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Send us some emails. The emails have faded out over the holidays, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. We love the Twitter engagement, so I'm not saying turn that down either. But we'd love to get more of your emails at the contact page or at the subreddit coderadio.reddit.com Mr. Dominic have a great holiday have a great New Year's uh, and uh, best of uh, all of it to you and your family have a good one happy happy New Year happy Hanukkah Merry Christmas yeah and uh, give Jar Jar a present for us won't you and thank you everybody so much for tuning this week's episode of the Coda Radio program I hope all of your holidays and whatnots have gone well for you and now that we've passed the winter solstice it's actually just going to get longer brighter and the days will just be more productive see you next week Thank you.